Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. Welcome into the program. Happy Friday to you. And looks like it's starting off pretty nice. Hope uh, hope you're feeling the same way. We've got a lot to discuss with you this morning. A little bit later on in the program, uh, right at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. This is a segment that we do uh, on my 9 o'clock show each week where we check in with the City Council President. And uh, the first year, I came on in February of February of 2022, and at the time, Councillor Ian Abreu was the council president, and he joined me every Friday for the course of the, the year that he was president. And when the new year started and, and Council President Morad was the, elected to that role, I asked if she wanted to continue that appearance, and she did. But she also wanted to bring on other councillors. So each week she brings another city councillor with her to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the council business of the week. And so today she will be uh, bringing along with her councillor at large, Shane Burgo, which means we can talk a little bit about uh, and get his reactions to when the mayor's veto of the three ballot questions were sustained. The council voted to sustain those vetoes. And that means that the question about rent stabilization will not be on the ballot. None, none of the three proposed ballot questions will be on the ballot in November. Unless some citizens want to take up signatures and try to get them on via that process. But the how, a rent stabilization question won't be on the ballot. But he's already begun work in trying to address that issue in committee. So we can talk with him about that and what his plans are. Uh, to continue doing that, as well as getting their reaction to the mayor's budget presentation on Wednesday. Uh, you heard the mayor here on the program yesterday morning talking about the need to adopt that state law that will allow them to negotiate health insurance prices for the uh, the city employees and that that can help lower the tax burden on the individual taxpayers of New Bedford. So we can talk with them some more about that and how they might feel about that. As we know, it's failed you know, the previous three times or four times that the mayor brought it up. And so we'll see what happens uh, this time around, especially as people are, A, feeling the pinch, and B, expecting that their sewer and water rates are going to go up. So we'll see where that leads as well. 508-996-0500, that is the number to call in at any point during the program. Good morning. You were on WBSM. 
Good morning, Tim. Real quick, uh, did you get a score for the Denver-Los Angeles game last night? I, I know the Nuggets won. Let me see if I can get you the, the actual score. Um, it's not looking good for the Lakers. After that start, let's see. Oh, hold on. I tried to go to NBA.com, and it brought me to Celtics to the Celtics website. So it was... 108 to 103, Denver. Okay, good. Thanks. All right. Yep. And uh, if you are not watching the – I didn't get to watch a lot of the game. I watched the fourth quarter last night of that game. Uh, and if you are not – which I meant I stayed up way later than I should have again. But if you're not watching the NBA playoffs, let me ask you. Well, I mean, if you are watching the NBA playoffs, let me ask you. Did last night's game not feel differently than the Celtics and the Heat? I mean, Celtics and the Heat – felt like a playoff game. Certainly the game seven against Philly felt like a, a playoff game. They had the intensity. They had the crowd behind them. Every play, there was noise being made. And, uh, last night's game, at least what I watched, which was you know the, the fourth quarter, a lot of it felt like just a regular midseason game. The crowd wasn't too into it. And this is as, you know, it was close and it was as Denver was t- trying to break away a little bit. And the, the home crowd just couldn't be bothered. It was like they were politely cheering when something happened. Like, come on. You're, not only is your team winning, they're the number one seed in the playoffs. They are going up against the Lakers who, let's face it, if you are not a Lakers fan, you want to see the Lakers go down in flames. Not me personally, because I would love to see the the Lakers and the Celtics in another NBA Finals, although the Celtics didn't inspire much confidence in that in their Game 1 performance. But I think that it will be a shock if the Nuggets, you know, when the Nuggets get into L.A., what, Saturday, Sunday? I don't know when that game, what, I don't know when that's planned for. But it'll be a shock when they get in there after hearing their own home crowd sitting on their hands for much of that game. But we'll we'll see how the series progresses. I'm sure I'm sure right now it's a it's a it's a tentative feeling of oh oh we're winning. Oh 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 we're beating LeBron. Hold on. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. It's only one now two games. So maybe there's some sense of that as well. So we can talk about that. We can talk about whatever is on your mind. I do want to talk about a few things this morning. One is, uh, of course, you heard Kate mention it in the news, and we have the story up at WBSM.com and on the app, that the Bears are back. There have been sightings of Bears in northern Bristol County. It's only a matter of time before they start appearing a little bit closer to here. Last year we had sightings in Wareham and Middleborough and uh, which I, bo- I know are both Plymouth County, but we had, uh, you know, Marion, Mattapoisett, they, they, uh, Rochester, of course. We have bear sightings that happen down this neck of the woods. And it, I know people will go on to that story and comment, so what? Why is this news? We live in their area, not them coming to our area. Like, people have to... Uh, dump on people's excitement about the fact that there are bear sightings. But the reason why we tell you about this is because it's important to know. 
because they're not common here. No matter what the Facebook commenters will tell you, there there aren't, you know, 500 bears in the woods around your home right now. When bears work their way down here, it is a bit of a rarity. Now, that might change over the course of the next five or ten years as it happens more often. Maybe less of the bears will come down here looking for food, looking for mates. Maybe they'll settle down here. But for now, it's not as common as people make it out to be. Are they here? Sure. But to the point where you're going to open your door and see one walking down one of the main roads in Taunton or walking through a parking lot, which you can see at WBSM.com and on the app, we have the video footage. And if it's going to get to that point, well, then people need to know. They need to know not to leave pets out overnight. They need to know not to leave bird feeders out. Not to... Uh, one of the police departments warned that um, if you have beehives, make sure that those are protected. If you have chicken coops, make sure those are protected. That with bears coming down here comes a need for some responsibility with that. And some precaution. So that's why. And you know what? People just like to get excited about it because it is something different. It is something unique and exciting. And someday might it become mundane? Sure. But for now, let people get excited about it. Don't You don't have to dump all over them just because they're excited about wanting to see a bear. I mean, my encounters with bears have mostly been at Clark's Trading Post. Those aren't exactly wild animals. I've seen a few in the zoos. But, I, you know, if I saw one in real life out in the wild, I would, I would be interested. I would stay away. I would keep my distance. But I would think it was a very interesting thing. And so that's what we have happening here. Of course, in a couple of weeks... The bears will have been seen all over the place and it won't be that big of a deal anymore. But for now, let people get excited. And also, it's helpful to know that they're around so that you can make sure that you avoid them. Also today, we can talk about, well, if we want to continue talking about, because it, it certainly carried conversation yesterday after I stepped out of the studio, but the little free diverse libraries certainly got some people riled up yesterday. And uh, we, we can always replay the call we got from Rhonda Baptiste, the vice president of Tri-Town Against Racism. But the good thing is I saw a lot of people, as much as you know, some callers might have been questioning it and some callers might have said, well, it's not very inclusive if they're trying to exclude certain books. Well, it has inspired some others. Because I've gotten messages and I've heard, I've read comments of people who say, you know what, I want to do something similar. Some of them want to do a little free diverse library, which is great. Some of them just want to put out their own little free library. I actually had somebody talking to me yesterday and they said, I didn't even know about these things. And I said, how could you not know? about? Do you not ever drive anywhere? Like, do you ever not see them in people's yards or on the side of the road or in business parking, like they're everywhere. And it's it's kind of like, you know, when you go out and you buy yourself a, a, a blue Toyota, you don't realize how many blue Toyotas there are on the road until you own one, and then you see them everywhere. And it might be the, kind of the same idea where, 
you know, you don't realize how many of these are around until you actually focus on them. And then once you focus on them, you say, oh, yeah, no, now I see them everywhere. So if that's if that's what we got out of the conversation was a few more people building little free libraries and some more people get access to free books, well, that's what it's all about. And all of the politicizing of it aside, that, that just helps to, you know, keep the conversation going about it. I don't think anybody's going to change their mind about building a little free library or deciding what type of content they want to put in that little free library based on how talk radio callers feel about it. And I hope that they wouldn't. And then one other thing that we can discuss today too, well, we can discuss anything, but one other thing I want to bring up, and we have this story at WBSM.com and on the app, the idea of camping. And this is a new offering from the Conjuring House, the allegedly haunted house in Harrisville, Rhode Island, that the film The Conjuring was based on. They already offer tours of the home. They already offer the chance to go in there and do paranormal investigations of the home. I've done a couple there. It's a great place. I love it. The people who, uh, the woman who owns it is awesome, and the people who help her run it are great. But they've now started a new thing where they're going to allow for people to camp in the background, uh, camp in the backyard and, and further back into the property because there are a lot of stories and experiences that have happened out in those areas. And one question that I have is, so to, to take part in, the, in this camping experience, which is ghosts plus camping, camping, to take part in this camping experience, the cost seems to be about $100 a person per night which I know is expensive for camping, but you're getting a lot of that experience around it with it. That's kind of the the point of it. But I don't know how much more expensive that is from camping. I know you used to be able to go into the state forest, and I think it was $5 a night if you wanted a site that didn't have electricity or, or running water on it. And then it was just a little bit more if you wanted a water site. I don't know if the state forest had electric sites, at least if Miles Standish did. But, you know, I had family members that would go out there and camp every summer and we would go over and hang out at their campsite. I've spent plenty of time in campgrounds growing up and I looked into it a little bit when my son was younger. He just didn't want to do it, which I was a little bit disappointed in. And that was about $35 a night. And that was for a site with electricity and water, and that was in a privately owned park. So I don't know how much, and that was probably 10 years ago. So I don't know how much camping is now. But $100 a night for the experience doesn't seem like too much for me, especially when a lot of the events that go on inside the house charge double that. And you're not even sleeping there. And one of the experiences involves being able to stay in a vintage trailer with with beds for the same price. So that's, I mean, some people would certainly pay extra for the chance to sleep in a bed instead of sleeping on the ground. Personally, I always like sleeping on the ground. I liked sleeping in a sleeping bag, but I was also much younger then, so I might feel a little bit differently about it now. I don't. I just don't camp because I have sleep apnea, so I have to sleep with a machine. 
but if you do and you camp, let me know what's what's the what's the price today to go spend a night in the average, you know, privately owned campground. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Going to take my first break. We'll be back in a few moments. And you know, paying bills. You've probably been doing quite a bit of that lately, right? So you need to save some money. And WBSM is always saving you money on delicious food at SeizeTheDeal.com. Today is the last day to be able to get a Pizzoni's Pizza gift certificate. It's $25 to Pizzoni's Pizza in South Dartmouth for just $12.50. So today is the last day. We've been running them all week. We said, you know what, rather than than have a set number that will sell out, instead we're going to sell them over the course of the week and give you a chance to be able to get them all week long. Well, today is the final day to get $25 to Pizzoni's Pizza in South Dartmouth for just $12.50. And if you've been to Pizzoni's, you know how great the food is there. The subs, the salads, the pizza, everything there. The appetizers, you can get it all at half price. $25 for just $12.50 at SeizeTheDeal.com. But again, today is the final day to get it. And while you're there, there's a number of other great deals you can pick up as well. You know, Fun 107 has been out with the morning show at different restaurants all week long. And as they've been out there doing that, they've been putting up Seize the Deal opportunities for you there. So while you're getting your Pizzoni's gift certificate, grab a few others for some other places and treat yourself to some half-price meals as we head into the late spring and summer months. All right, well, coming up in just a few moments, we're going to be going into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side of that, we can talk more with you. Uh, again, uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, right after the 8 o'clock news, we'll be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad and Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo. It is our weekly discussion with the Council President, something I normally do in my mid-morning show. Uh, we usually do that around 10.30, but uh, thankfully the counselors are able to join us earlier, so we'll be doing it in the 8 o'clock hour so that uh, you'll still be able to hear that each week. And, you know, that's that's kind of the idea of what I've tried to do with my show. You know, when I, when I took that over in, in February of 2022, I said, well, I want to give the opportunity for public officials to have a regular segment. Of course, we had the midweek with the mayor segment for a long time on WBSM. Uh, and it kind of went away for a little bit. There was there was some issues there. But uh, when I took over, I said, I want to bring that back. And Mayor Mitchell said, sure, I'd love to come back and do it. So we instituted that on Wednesdays. And if you're going to have the mayor on, I feel like you also need to give, you know, the council a chance to have their say as well. And so that's why I had spoken, spoken to Council President Ian Abreu. And we talked about having him come on every week. And now we're going to continue that on. And I feel like that gives you, the the voter, a chance to hear both sides of the issues because we know the administration and the council don't always agree on things. It gives you a chance, at least during the mayor's segment, to be able to call in and ask questions. It's a little bit harder with the council president because uh, it's over the phone and there's another person on the phone. But um, Council President Moran has already come in once and done an hour where she took questions live in the studio. And I'm sure we'll do that again going forward. Uh, but the idea is for you to hear all those sides. And then that's why we also bring Jack Spillane on, on Mondays. But he won't be on this Monday because he'll be filling in again for Barry. He did a great job yesterday, and he'll be doing that again on Monday. All right, well, let's go into the newsroom right now. Kate Robinson is in there with your WBSM News. More than 20 rivers have burst their banks in northeastern Italy, leaving 13 people dead and forcing thousands from their homes after six months' rainfall fell in a day and a half. 
BBC News reports more bodies were found on Thursday after almost every river flooded between Bologna and the northeast coast, 115 kilometers or 70 miles away. Some 280 landslides have taken place. The mayor of Ravenna, a city badly affected by flooding, told the BBC it was the worst disaster in a century. Meanwhile, climate experts say the floods in Italy are the result of extreme weather phenomena that are becoming increasingly frequent around the world. That includes prolonged periods of drought punctuated by intense periods of rain that can't be absorbed by the parched ground. California and the western U.S. sloshed its way from a record-setting mega drought to at least a dozen atmospheric rivers dousing the state with so much rain that a long dormant lake reappeared. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is reportedly traveling to Japan for the G7 summit. Bloomberg sources say Zelensky will fly on a U.S. military plane to Hiroshima after a stop in Saudi Arabia to address the Arab League summit. Russia's invasion of Ukraine is expected to be a topic of discussion during today's G7 meetings. A 7.7 magnitude earthquake is being reported in the Pacific Ocean. Seismologists say the earthquake struck about 200 miles from New Caledonia, an island off the coast of Australia. The Pacific Tsunami Warning Center has issued a tsunami alert for New Caledonia, Fiji, and Vanuatu. Officials say hazardous tsunami waves are possible for coasts located within 600 miles of the epicenter. The U.S. Supreme Court says terror-related content on Twitter does not make the social media platform liable for aiding terrorist attacks. Thursday's unanimous decision will have a major impact on claims made by critics that social media platforms should be held accountable for hosting such content. The CDC says 2022 was the most deadly year on record for drug overdoses. Over 100,000 Americans died from overdoses last year. But the CDC says despite the high number, overdose deaths are not surging in the U.S. anymore and have actually leveled off. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan is calling the U.S. Census Bureau a, quote, complete national clown show after their latest estimate said the city lost 8,000 residents from 2021 to 2022. The Census Bureau is the most incompetent division of the entire federal government. The population loss means Detroit is now the 29th largest city in the nation, down from 27th. But Duggan says DTE Energy says there are 5,000 more homes in the city using electricity and gas. And the U.S. Postal Service says they're delivering mail to 6,000 more houses in that time. The mayor says he won't stop fighting the bureau until, quote, every Detroiter gets counted. Spirit Airlines is apologizing after telling a family in Los Angeles that they needed a passport to fly to Puerto Rico. Marie Vitoris says she was traveling with her husband and their two-year-old son last month when she was told they would need passports to go on an international flight. Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. SpaceX is planning another rocket launch from the Santa Barbara County coast today. Daniel Martindale has a preview. The Falcon 9 rocket is scheduled to blast off from Vandenberg Space Force Base at 619 this morning. It will be carrying Iridium and OneWeb communication satellites into orbit. Sunrise is at 549 a.m., so the rocket might be visible across Southern California. If there's any sort of issue, a backup launch window is available on Saturday morning. I'm Daniel Martindale.
In sports, it's Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. The Celtics take on the Miami Heat at TD Garden at 8.30. And the Red Sox are in San Diego to play the Padres. That game at 9.40. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. It is Friday. We are warming up today. We're going to see temperatures get into the mid to upper 60s. It'll be a little breezy today with a south wind. For tomorrow, we do have some rain moving into the forecast. That'll be arriving in the later afternoon hours, and that'll move through the evening and overnight hours. But there is not going to be any lightning with this, so it should not affect any of your evening concert plans for Saturday night. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSN. Right now it is 44 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station. And get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. WBSM. And we are talking, well, I mentioned before, I was talking about this gamping experience that they're offering at the Conjuring House. We're talking about the opportunity to camp on the property of one of the most haunted houses in America and a place where in the woods behind the house, there's been stories about UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, strange premonitions. There's a story about uh, one of the girls that lived in the home when uh, the Perrin family lived there who were featured in, the, you know, that's who the movie The Conjuring is about. It's based on their true story. And one of the members of the Perrin family, Cindy Perrin, when she was young, you know, they, they lived there for about 10 years, but the girls were all young at the time. And there was a spirit that told her there were seven dead soldiers in the wall. And uh, in 2020, they used ground penetrating radar along the back stone wall of the property and they found five grave sites. So there may still be two more dead soldiers out there that could be, you know, going back to King Philip's war. So, it's it's a place that has a lot of interesting history, a lot of interesting experiences and reports, and, of course, just a, a place where you can camp and maybe have a freaky experience. And they're charging roughly $100 a night. So you have to rent out the tent, you and your friends. So if you if it's just you and a, another person, you're still paying the same price as if you had the, the full capacity, which is three to four people in each tent. So it works out to be about $100 a night if you are going with a full complement of people to fill that tent. And so I asked the question of, well, how does that relate to current camping prices? Because I think the last time I camped, it was like 35 bucks a night to have a site with water and electricity. It was a long time ago. I lived in campgrounds a few times, so I, I haven't really gone back recreational, recreationally for a while. Um, but Little Devil in New Bedford says, I'm staying at Ellis Haven for five nights. It's $370 for water and electric and cable. An extra $250 a night for Wi-Fi. I mean, this is blowing my mind compared to the last time that I went camping. So that works out to about 74 bucks a night plus the 250 So you're looking at you know, $75, $77 a night. But you're getting water, electric, you have cable, and you have Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi didn't even exist the last time I camped. I don't, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Hedy Lamar hadn't invented it yet. No, no. But seriously, I think that there has been some major upgrades from the, from the last time that I went camping. And Ellis Haven's a great campground. They've always been ahead of the curve with things and offering amenities to people. Uh, but the idea that you can camp and have cable while you're there is, is pretty awesome to me. 
when the last time that I camped, we had uh, a big TV. I had taken the TV that was in my bedroom, which I bought from, oh, what was the name of that store? There was a department store in Wareham next to the IGA, and it shut down. I can't think of it, but it'll it'll pop into my head. And that had closed down for good, and they did a liquidation sale of everything in the store. So one of the TVs that they had, like, hanging down that was, like, their security TV, it was a big 36-inch color TV, and I bought it. I remember buying it for $100. It was, it was the name of one of the families in town. I can't think of it. Anyway, it'll pop into my head. So I bought that TV and I took it home and I used that in my bedroom for a while. And then when we went camping, I brought it with me. We put it out on the picnic table. Except what are you going to watch? You can put on the rabbit ears antenna back then and we got some channels. But then I also put my VCR on there too. And I would sit out at night, you know, after the, because you had to have the fires put out by a certain time. I think it was 11 p.m. or midnight. The fires had to be out. And then I wasn't tired. At the time, I was awake overnight and sleeping in the mornings and then working later in the day. So I would just sit at, excuse me, sit at the picnic table and I would just re- watch movies all night. Whatever I could get on VHS, I'd go rent movies from Blockbuster or whatever. And I, I had a friend, my friend Matt Costa, who many of you probably know from Spooky South Coast and, and later the Howie Car Show, he would record wrestling for me. And back then it was Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro. He would record both of those for me. And then he would leave the tape in his mailbox outside of his house. You know, he'd go out there at 1130 at night when he was done recording them, pop the tapes into the mailbox. I would come by on my way home from hanging out with my girlfriend and I would grab the tapes and I would go back and I would sit at the picnic table in the middle of the night and just watch them. And then I would go to bed. And that was that was how I got through my that's what I did my last camping trip. You know, then you get up in the morning, you can do some stuff before you have to go into work. So if you wanted to go fishing, you could. If you want to take a walk around, you could. Um, but I I basically just you know didn't fall asleep until the sun started coming up. But everybody camps a little bit different. But still, that's a great deal. So for for about seventy five bucks a night, you're getting water, electric, cable, and Wi Fi, all while you're camping. Now, some people will look at that and say, well, what's the point of camping if you're going to have those amenities? But I think there's still a lot of fun and a lot of um, novelty to doing it, even if you still have, you know, your your cable TV and your, your Internet service. Maybe, maybe I will have to try camping again. 508-996-0500. We're going to take our next break. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. You can also send us open line voicemail messages if you want to do that. It's one of the many great features on the WBSM app brought to you by South Coast Towing. And uh, I just uh, happened to see something here that I'm sure many of you are aware, even if you're not fans of or listen to or really know the music of Taylor Swift, you're aware of who she is. 
first of all, because not only is she one of the most popular musicians and celebrities on the planet, but she's also a part-time New Englander. She has a home on Watch Hill in Westerly, Rhode Island, and uh, it's made the news because there was somebody who kept breaking into it. Uh, she wrote a song about the person that used to live in it. So she is, and you know, there's a lot of celebrities that get that idolatry. They get that 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 fan worship, and it's undeserving. There's there's some people that are real jerks, and Taylor Swift is one of the people that's actually, you know, at least from everything that I can tell, a decent person, a good person, someone who doesn't take what she has for granted, somebody who randomly just sends gifts to her fans because she scans social media and she sees that they're having a rough time or something and she thinks, you know, if I send them a little something and it might be, hey, you know, I bought myself these shoes and I thought they were great, so I bought you a pair as well. I've seen where she has, um, she's taking care of entire family's Christmases without them, you know, like she would just say to them, hey, what does your family want for Christmas? And then just send it there. Michael Rock at Fun 107 has gotten the opportunity to know her a little bit, and he says that it's all true. It's all, you know, who she really is. Uh, I have a friend who was going through cancer and wanted to meet her, and we were able to help make that happen. I mean, she's just a very nice person. So she's one of the few people that I think, one of the few celebrities that I would say she deserves all the good things that she gets. But people go out of their minds for her. And if you have any business in Foxborough over the course of this weekend, you're probably not getting to it, at least if it involves going anywhere near Route 1. Because the roads were shut down yesterday. And I don't mean shut down like by the police or anything, like just log jammed in traffic yesterday. The, there's not even a concert yesterday. They just announced that they were going to put the merchandise on, and I've never seen this before. Because I get emails and press releases from Gillette Stadium every day. I, I covered the Patriots for 20 years. I'm on I'm on the distribution list for all their emails. And so now, you know, a lot of the things that go on at the stadium, we might write articles about or what have you. So I, I haven't taken myself off the list. And so yesterday I got an email, or actually Wednesday night, I got an email saying that they were going to have a trailer at Gillette Stadium at Patriot Place that was going to be selling Taylor Swift merchandise ahead of the shows this weekend because they knew that the lines were going to be so long at the merchandise tables. So they were giving people the opportunity to get a jump and come and buy the merchandise, which is genius. And it would have been really genius if it didn't increase traffic and it was just something that, you know, kind of, but instead people couldn't wait to get there. I had a friend that went. I said, how long did you wait in traffic? And she said, oh, just a little bit under two hours. But then you're going to go wait in that traffic again when you go to the show. Oh, no, I'm going to all three shows. What? <laughs> how much money have you spent on Taylor Swift? But uh, as I said, she's one of the few people that I think, you know, is is appreciative of that. And you, listen, I know we're going to get some uh, some angry callers about this or some angry app chat messages about this, but this kind of stuff happens all the time. Uh, Massachusetts Governor Mara Healey put out a, she gave a, 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 a an award, a, a recognition, a citation to Taylor Swift. And this is something that happens all the time. These proclamations, 
Governor Baker did it all the time. It, it, this is just something that happens. So don't get worked up about it and be like, why isn't Maura Healy doing the work that she's supposed to do? Why is she wasting time, you know, writing things out to Taylor Swift? This is all part of what a public official does. If Taylor Swift came to New Bedford and and did three concerts here, I'm sure Mayor Mitchell would do the same thing. So this is what, it, this is the language that it says. Uh, it says, you know, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Taylor Allison Swift, on behalf of the citizens of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, I am pleased to confer upon you this governor's citation, Mara's version, which is a joke for Taylor Swift fans, in recognition of your enchanted performances at Gillette Stadium. Welcome to Massachusetts. It's been waiting for you. The Eras Tour has been a long time coming, but we're ready for the weekend of our wildest dreams. We'll welcome you back forever and always. Thank you for making our Commonwealth shimmer. This 19th day of May in the year 2023, and it's signed Governor Maura Healy and Lieutenant Governor Kimberly Driscoll. So this is a, this is a, it is a big deal. I mean, this is the equivalent of, you know, in the 80s, Michael Jackson coming to do three shows at Gillette Stadium. This is the equivalent of, you know, in the in the 70s when a Grateful Dead show would come into town or the Rolling Stones and it would be the center point of everything that was going on. So this this is a big deal and it's amazing that you still have shows of this magnitude. Think about this. A couple of years ago, we didn't have any concerts. And the concert industry was probably looking at it and saying, well, when we come back, we don't need to put on these big spectacles, maybe. Maybe we can keep it a little bit cheaper. And for the artists, they don't need to put on a big spectacle because a lot of their design of the show and everything cuts into what their cut might be. So, I mean, I've read some books about U2 tours where, like, U2 has had to finance a lot of the design of their show. Even though they get sponsors for the tour to help offset the costs, they want certain things, they're paying for it. That U2 Pop Mart tour, where they have the giant martini glass and the giant lemon and all that kind of stuff, like, they were paying for that stuff. They were taking the chance that people would come out to this tour and they could recoup what they spent on it. But anyway, the, you would think that they would pare back some of the spectacle, but no, apparently these Taylor Swift shows are quite the show so if you are going if you are a fan you're in for a treat if you are going because uh somebody is dragging you to it you'll probably become a fan i've never really been a big fan i don't i don't hate her i don't hate her music but i don't see why she's any more of a big deal than anybody else but i don't begrudge anybody for having a fandom because as i said at least at least they are a fan of somebody who who seems to be a decent person and appreciative of what they have all right, well, we're going to take another break. We'll be back in a few moments, 508-996-0500, or hit us up on AppChat on the WBSM app. And uh, Taylor Swift, if you're listening, just text me. You have my number, and uh, we'll, we'll have you call in on the VIP line. <coughs> We have a few moments before we're going to be heading into the news. But uh, if you want to call in, 508-996-0500. Coming up in the next hour, I want to talk about a story that Kate has up at WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, you know, it's a it's a standard 
story about a drug bust that occurred in New Bedford. And it gives you all the details, who was arrested, what they were arrested for, what they're charged with, what police say that they found in the home when they executed the search warrant, all that stuff. is All those details are in the story. But there are some other details in there that let's just say if you're eating breakfast now, try to finish it by the time we come back. And um, if you haven't had breakfast yet, definitely wait a little bit because the deplorable conditions in which they found these folks living, it, it kind of illustrates what happens to police officers. And, and Chief Oliveira kind of goes into this a little bit that, you know, these officers never know what they're walking into when they go in to serve these search warrants. Not only the danger, of course, but also when you see some of the conditions that they might be walking into. Let's take a very quick phone call. Uh, good morning. You were on WBSM. I got about 45 seconds. What's on your mind? All that quick. Hi. Tim. Well, if you want, do, do you want to hold Maybe on? I just wanted to comment about, um, no, because I got to feed the dog. I wanted to comment about um, um, Taylor Swift. I, I saw her at Mohegan Sun. Mm-hmm. A long time ago, um, when she first started, and I didn't even know who she was, and everybody was screaming. I was going to see um, Rascal Flats, and she—they put her out as a the opening you know, act. Sec- yeah, 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 and she was so cute. And I do agree with you; she's a wonderful, beautiful person inside and out. Well, I'm glad that you uh, enjoyed her. Do you, do you still listen to her music? Have you followed her over to the pop music, or no? A little bit I like her, but I think she can it's more for the younger generation. Yeah, yeah, she definitely went went more pop, but that's okay. It's it's working for her for sure. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.